Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of PW Grocer's Environmental Echo. I'm Paul Boyce, your host and CEO and president of PW Grocer Consulting. And today, as, as always, we're bringing a, an exciting topic and guest from TriTech Real Estate Company in East Setauket. We've got Chris Kelly, a vice president of marketing there. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hey, this is exactly what our listeners need to hear. You know, what's going on in Long Island? And we try to be, you know, up to date and current with the topics. And I think we're going to cover that today. Uh, but before we begin, I do want to just say the best way to get a hold of us is through our website. If you guys, if our listeners have any questions, comments, suggestions, thoughts, ideas, yada, 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 all that stuff, you know, topics for guests, anything like that, reach out to us through our website, which is www.pwgrocer.com backslash podcast. Again, we've got our, our marketing guys there are always on top of it and uh, looking forward to responding to people. But uh, to begin, as I said, Chris Kelly, Vice President of Marketing at TriTech uh, at, at East Setauket, uh, New York-based development firm known for its transit-oriented orient, transit developments across the island and elsewhere. Um, TriTech was founded in 1986 by brothers Bob and Jim Coughlin, right? Yep. Uh, terrific guys. I'd love to get them on the show one of these days, but we'll see. Uh, and TriTech has grown steadily in terms of size and influence. Chris joined the firm back in 2004, which is, oh my God, almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Time is flying. And he's played an integral role in the development of the TriTech brand and the company as, as a whole. Uh, TriTech's probably best known for, for the new village development here in Long Island, which is a, in the village of Patchogue. Uh, TriTech is building two new transient-oriented projects at uh, a 1,450-unit complex in Ronkonkoma, known as the Station Yards, mm -hmm. right? I've seen that thing going up. And also, I know we've got the 418-unit complex known as Shoregate in downtown Bayshore, right. also in progress, right? Yep, yep. We are uh, getting ready to welcome residents November 15th. Holy cow, I didn't realize you guys were that far along. But um, again, I just want to welcome Chris. Thanks for joining us. So let's get started. All right. Sounds great. Um, at PWGC, our company, you know, you guys, we've worked with you guys before. You know, our, our focus is on improving the environment through environmental engineering and remediation. You know, that's tried and true. That's what we do. Um, but we've noticed on your website that TriTech utilizes sustainable strategies in its approach to projects. Can you give us a couple of examples as to the application of these strategies? Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, I would say a project we did together, uh, the shipyard in Port Jefferson, there was um, a, a creek that the, that bisected the property, and we had to do a lot of engineering to figure out how to get cars around the creek. We had to maintain um, the, you know, there's a lot of flooding that happens in downtown oh, Port yeah. Jeff. And Absolutely. So the creek was a big part of figuring out how we can do underground parking and the residents above while not having any issues with water. And we haven't in five years, so great oh. job on the engineering. God, yeah, well, <laughs> knock on wood, now watch. Yeah. <laughs> we just jinxed ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I w and also a bridge that will never come down. I mean, that is the uh, – You guys the, like that one, it's huh? It's a very <laughs> serious structural element of that project well what's also interesting about the, you mentioned the bridge is uh daylighting right because it's yeah. there's a creek under there we've got to get past daylight so it's not a solid deck it's kind of you know like a steel type of mesh if you will or grid yeah so that and, and so i would say that was a, a huge part of um and then the invasive species that were oh, a yeah. part of the creek and uh there was a remediation plan that the village had gone through, and so we mimicked the remediation plan on our side, you know, natural plantings, all of those things. But uh, 
that's just one of one of those examples. We also did another project in the village of Lindenhurst where there was a creek where free-flowing water, um, I think on the banks of that creek, we wound up doing over 40,000 plant, plants. You know, in it's a, like small brush that uh, in, in able to maintain the banks and cleaned up the creek where it was originally a concrete culvert, essentially, with shopping carts and ducks and invasive species. So we, we tried to bring it back and restore it, restore the creek bed. Um, in our Bayshore project right now, it's um, we'll have solar panels on the roof, which will eventually uh, power the... the uh, interior common areas and we have at the Ronkonkoma project which is a 53 acre project with multiple phases the entire design is a certified lead for neighborhood development um, which is you know not lead like in a in a building standard but lead in a in a in a in its design so the the neighborhood is designed to be walkable you get extra points for transit you get points for bikes that kind of thing so those are just a few examples i have driven around the uh, perimeter of the site i haven't been in yet i know it's it's occupied people are living there it's uh yeah i know still there's more to come but first phase there's 480 489 units in the first phase that's just six residential buildings that is 98 percent occupied uh then we have phase 2a which we're building right now 388 units 70,000 square feet of um retail space and then 16,500 square feet of office space which Tritic is now moving its office to it next April. But I think one of the important parts about, from an environmental perspective, the entire project there, we put uh, a 1.5 million gallon per day sewage treatment oh, yeah. capacity into the area. So the, the, the overall project only uses uh, 450,000 gallons of capacity. So then frees up 1.5 million gallons of capacity um, for other people to tap into. So that can create not only a lot of economic development, but also, um, you know, is much better for, for the environment. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you did touch on something that, you know, it's near and dear to us at PW Grocer. It's, uh, you mentioned the sustainable energy with the solar panels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys looking at any other alternative s- sources of energy for, for any of your sites? Maybe wind or geothermal or, you know, batteries, anything? We have, we, I, I think we do, every time we do a project, you know, these are large-scale projects. So anytime you do a project like that, we go through the exercise of, you know, how can we make it more sustainable? How, wh- what do we have um, as options that we can use considering the obstacles of the site, considering the obstacles of finance, considering all of those obstacles? And then, you know, knowing that um, you have to transition, you know. So our Bayshore project is um, – all electric except for the 1,650 square feet of retail space that we have on the corner. So all of the the units and everything like that are all, are all electric, where in Ronkonkoma, with all the retail we have there, 
it is gas. But um, yeah, every project we look at. So we look, we did that analysis, tried to figure out what was going to work best for our tenants, for our, you know, for the property itself, for the environment, and then, you know, that's how we come up with the goal. You guys, do anything for EV electric vehicles? Any charging stations at any we of these sites? We do. We have uh, fantastic. We, we have the ability to, I think, go up to twenty percent of our parking spaces could be EV charging. So they're set up to be. Uh, I think we start out with somewhere around five percent, and then it'll depend on the tenant mix and and the demand. Um, so yeah, we do that. You know. We've been doing it. and Oh, man. And <laughs> Good things are happening here. This is <laughs> really interesting. I didn't know that. Did we do that at the shipyard? We did not. But at the time, you know, the electrical electric vehicles weren't as popular. Yeah. And, and I know. It's taken off now. Yeah. And, and Long Island is, I think, has the highest percentage of electric vehicles in the state. I think I've heard that statistic recently. So, you know, we're trying to match the demand of our tenants and, and, what they come to the property with. So a lot of electrical electric vehicle charging stations. Yeah, well, speaking of Long Island, right? On Long Island, getting project approvals is difficult. It'd be, it's on a, on a good day, it's difficult, <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, the, the most difficult may be getting approval from the community where a project is targeted. You know, what is it about TriTech's approach that has allowed it for its success? I mean, I imagine these projects require the application of Secra and Shippo and all that mm -hmm. stuff, but... Um, you know, how do you guys engage the community? How do you get them to buy in or, you know, what, and, and really reach out to them and understand what they're yeah. looking for? I think um, we learned a lot going through the Patrick project. Um, at inception, uh, when Mayor Ponieri invited us in, he gave us a book of the history of the town, the village, and said, you need to learn who we are before you can tell us who we're going to be. You know, so we read the book <laughs> and we learned a lot about the history of the of Patchuk Village. And then the history was reflected in the design. Um, so if you look at historical photos, you can find, um, you know, relevant architecture inside the historical photos into what is New Village today. Um, we tried to tap into the, you know, the history Internally, we hired local artists, uh, but that's all post-construction. I think we went and met with all of the community groups um, to find out what was important to them and seeing how we can incorporate those, you know, relevant, important details into the project and worked with them through the process. And you know the process takes a long time, oh. so you have a little bit of an opportunity to work with people. And, you know, you worked with us on the shipyard project. Shipyard, named Shipyard because Port Jefferson used to be a shipbuilding community and, you know, an actual shipyard. And then when you come into the project, you have these murals of what the the harbor used to look like. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's incredible. The walking path that goes down into the village has ballast stones from ships that, you know, when they weighed the ships down to get them out into the harbor – we have uh, we mimic the the deck of the last ship built in Port Jefferson is the ceiling grid for our lobby entrance. Um, we did the same thing in Lindenhurst. In Lindenhurst, when we did we built the well, um, 
when we took the buildings that were that were there, they were like eighty and ninety year old industrial buildings, but they they kind of had a lot of um, they had a lot of asbestos and things like that that you couldn't save. But they had these old boiler doors that were um, their cast iron boiler doors made in Wellsville, New York. That's not why we named it the Well, but uh, <laughs> but just a, a lucky coincidence, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, so we saved them. When, when we demoed the building, we saved them, hung on to them for two years, and then put them back up and mounted them as like an artistic piece with these green walls. So we always try to go back into the history of, of where we're building or what's being built and then tie it into the project, uh, the project's future. So that's that's. I it. mean, Chris, that's that's worked well. I mean, <laughs> uh, what you guys said about the village of Patchogue. I, I mean, uh, I'm really I've lived nearby, so mm-hmm. I, I see that on a, a routine basis. I've driven through. I've been in there. You know, it's it, it integrated very well into the village, in my opinion. I mean, it was phenomenal what Thank you guys you. did. Yeah. You know, and I, I know the mayor is very happy. Well, he was a great partner, uh, and I think that's another part of it is creating those partnerships. You know. Yeah. Well, that's kind of leading into our next topic or just question here. You know, many of your projects uh, focus on revitalization, you know, or the creation of downtowns. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and as I just said, I believe one of the most well-known ones is, is New Village and Patchogue. You know, what are some of your qualifying criteria when you guys are looking at new opportunities? What do you look for? Um, I think being around transit is important. Um, so that could mean a lot of different things, you know, in, in, in Port Jefferson, we were at the mouth of the village, but we're only steps away from the, the ferry, ferry. to Connecticut. So, yeah. um, in Ronkonkoma, we're immediately on the train station. We were built in Lindenhurst. It was immediately on the train station in Patchogue. It's, uh, about, I think 1500 feet. It's up, not far. From, yeah. It's, it's 1500 not, it's feet. Short so think, walk. Yeah. Um, and transit's important for a lot of reasons. And, you know, pre-COVID, we all started to look, and I'm, I know you guys did this too, at all these empty parking lots. And we said, look at all the, the technologies that are coming. There's, you know, there's ride sharing. There's, um, there's a lot of reasons why these parking lots are going to one day be obsolete. And then COVID happened and everyone's lives changed mm-hmm. and not everybody went to work five days a week. Mm-mm. And um, so I think that decelerated an important change in the built environment because, you know, having all these parking lots and asphalt and, and uh, you know, things that are where the sun attracts and the, and the, and the road runoff isn't done properly, especially on, you know, older properties um those things i think will eventually change we'll get back on track and 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 you know there'll be less carbon emissions and and what what do they call the heat island effect that'll that'll, you got it yeah that'll start to uh we'll start to be able to do things to minimize those things those impacts and if you look at our project that we did together in the shipyard originally that driveway impervious surface water hit it no no way to collect it or drain it and then it rolled directly down Guess to where, where it's the going b- yeah to the brookhaven <laughs> boat launch yeah <laughs> so you know i think on that site we were able to retain somewhere around eight inches of water 
Oh yeah. Uh, just a pretty. That's a pretty Incredible. serious amount of that's water. Why, you right? know, knock yeah. on wood, the, the garage hasn't flooded yeah. yet. <laughs> but you know that that level of design going into new projects makes a difference in the environment later on. I want to thank everyone today for listening. That was the first half of a two-part podcast, and please stay tuned for part two, which is coming up soon.